I'd like to preach to you from the great commandment, Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. If you want to open your Bible, Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And it, it's just so fitting that today worked out the way it did. That's the way God works. We, we talked about this sermon series, um, shoot, it was a couple months ago, about Jesus in his own words. And so I laid out a whole list of scriptures of Jesus in his own word. And, and I gave the dates to the AV team. I said, look, at, here's the scriptures we're going to be doing all the way through the month of April. And on today's date, it was Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. And it talks about baptism. It talks about our great commission as a church. What are we being called to do? So let me first put this into context. So Jesus was with the 11. Oh, pastor, did you misspeak? No. Jesus was with the 11 disciples. Yes, there used to be 12, right? Well, Judas Iscariot betrayed Jesus. He didn't really understand what it meant to make Jesus Lord of your life and what Jesus was going to do on the cross where not only are all your sins forgiven, but your guilt also. And Judas, after he betrayed Jesus, and saw that Jesus was to be put to death on the cross, he felt so guilty, he went out into the field, and he hung himself, and he died. So Jesus hung on the cross for three hours. And during those three hours, every sin that had ever been committed by you, by me, by everybody in the world, was poured out upon him and judged. And not only that, but every sin that we would commit in the future, God knows what they are. Those were poured out upon Jesus and were judged. And the judgment of our sin, what we deserve for our sin, is death. And Jesus died on the cross for our sin because we couldn't pay for it on our own. Jesus was the unblemished lamb. He was without sin, yet he paid the wages for all of our sin, which was death. So Jesus died on the cross, and he was put in the tomb. His dead body laid there for three days. And then on the third day, up from the grave he arose. The resurrection power rose Jesus from dead. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Jesus defeated death. It was after all of this, And Jesus in his resurrection body, that great resurrection body like all of us are going to get someday, to live eternally in our resurrection body, that's where Jesus is here in Matthew chapter 28. Okay, it was after his death, after his resurrection, and Jesus was still on the earth in his resurrection body for 40 days. And Jesus came to the eleven. And then we get Jesus in his own words saying this. He said to them in his own words, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you, even to the end of the ages. Wow. That's what Jesus said to the 11 disciples. And that's what Jesus says to us today, to the church. Those who are already disciples of Jesus Christ, he is telling us these things. And I want to break it down into the key words here. He starts out by saying, therefore, in verse 19. Therefore. Therefore means you have to go before that to see how to put this in context. So Jesus started out by saying, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, He's saying, You are my disciples. You are connected with me. You are joint heirs with me. When I ascend into heaven to sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, you are there with me. And all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, given to you, you as joint heirs. Therefore, okay, therefore, go. Go. Don't just sit around and bask in your positional glory. Yes, I'm going to be sitting there at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. Yes, you are joint heirs with me right there. But go! God's work is not done. God's kingdom is still being built. Quit feeling good and feeling like You are in the right place, so there's no more for me to do. I can go to church on every Sunday morning and sit in the pew, and all things are good. No, Jesus said, go! Get out of there! Dunphy Missionary Church, go into the community. Go where? Go to all nations, he said. To the 11 disciples that he was speaking to, they were Jews. And he said, I'm telling you, You've got to go beyond the Jews. You need to go to all nations. You need to go to the neighbors on the left and the neighbors on the right. You need to go to the white-collar workers. You need to go to the blue-collar workers. You need to go to the no-collars. You need to go to the rich. You need to go to the poor. You need to go to the educated. You need to go to those that are not educated. Everyone, our neighbors our family members. Go! Go! So often, while Jesus was walking the earth, he said, come! But now you have come. Now you are my disciples. Now go! It's time to grow God's kingdom. Therefore, go. Make disciples what make disciples what's that mean if you're not very familiar with the church life 
you, you know, if you're in the church, it's like, well, we need to be disciples. We need to be made disciples and continue to be disciples. Well, what in the world is a disciple? Well, a disciple is a student or a follower of someone or something. So he was talking to his disciples, those that wanted to know more about Jesus, wanted to learn more about Jesus, and wanted to follow Jesus. So Jesus said, therefore, go make disciples. What? You want me to make people be your disciple? How do you do that? You ever thought about that? You know, I got this neighbor here. I know he doesn't know Jesus Christ. How do I make him come? Do I, do I go over there and kidnap him on Sunday morning and say, hey, come to church. I'm making you a disciple. <laughs> oh, come on. No, Jesus was saying, because all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, you now have that also. You now need to be like me. You need to live your life like I showed you to live your life. I am an example that you can follow. And as people look on to your life, they will wonder, what's going on with them? What's going on with them? I would like to know what's going on with them and how maybe I can be like them. And then we have this connection with God, right? the Holy Spirit, and so we can pray for them. We can make them disciples by asking God's Spirit to prick their soul and cause them to want to be closer to Him. And He does that. You know, we are image bearers of God. God said, let, the, let us make them in our image. People, all people, are image bearers of God. It's just that some people haven't figured out what that really means. They, they know that they're missing something because the Holy Spirit keeps pricking them deep down in their soul. They're missing something. They want to have that connection with their creator, with this image that they are bearing. And as we pray for them, and then we take another step and we become bold, and we take God's word and we open it up and we read it in front of them? Oh my goodness. That's not us. That's God speaking to them. Or if we share our story like Les and Dawn just did, they will be able to connect. Yeah, that's my problem. I knew God was always there. I knew I wanted God in front of me, but he's always been off to the side. And God will use that. And that's how we make disciples. That's how we make people want to follow Jesus. How we make people want to know more about him. So thank you, Les and Dawn, for doing that today. So he says, therefore, go <clears throat> make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. You see, baptism stands as a public proclamation to those who accepted Jesus Christ 
as their Lord and Savior. That's what we are going to celebrate today. That's what we are going to experience today. Baptism also links us with God, even in the Old Testament. It says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 20 and 22, that even before the flood, Noah was called to build an ark. And, and there were eight people that were allowed to get on that ark and were saved through the water. And Peter says, it's like that. Your baptism is you being saved through the water like those eight people on Noah's ark. And passages throughout the book of Acts, we learn that people have received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and then they are baptized. Then they proclaim with their mouth, and then they are baptized. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11. I love that part about how baptism is described to us. So later today, open up Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, and you'll see these key things. Baptism identifies us as believers with Jesus Christ in the way that Jesus died on the cross and was buried and was resurrected. That's what baptism represents for us. You know, when we're standing there in the water, we're still in that previous life before we experience that death with Jesus. And you're going to see Lesson Dawn take a, a last breath. They'll take a breath and they'll hold their breath and they'll go underwater. And the scripture says this is you being buried with Jesus. You see, when they're underwater, they're going to realize there's no life down here. I can't breathe. I'm buried with Jesus. And then we're going to bring them up out of the water like Jesus was brought up out of the tomb. He was raised from the dead, and they're going to take the first breath of their new life. Wow. Isn't that cool? Jesus even did that. If you read about Jesus' baptism in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus went to John the Baptist and he said, I need to be baptized by you. <laughs> John said, no, you know, I should be baptized by you. No, I need to do this. And so John took Jesus, put him under the water. And in the Gospel of Mark, it says, when Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were ripped open. They torn open between heaven and earth. It was opened up. And the Spirit of God descended upon Jesus like a dove and lighted upon him. And during that time, there was a great voice of God the Father from heaven speaking and saying, This is my Son with whom I am well pleased. Now, I don't know if you're going to see heaven ripped open today. But in their baptism, that is what's happening. They are experiencing the death of Jesus and the resurrection and the heavens opening up and God just pouring all of himself 
into them. This is where so many churches and so many Christians fail after this point. They say, we did it. We went and we made a disciple, somebody that really wanted to follow Jesus, and we baptized them. You'll see it during revivals all the time. People are baptized, and that's the end. No, Jesus was still talking. He said, and teach them. Teach them everything that I have commanded you. Everything that I have commanded you. Teach them what's in my word. Teach them. Dawn said it. I, I just don't know if I really understand what's in Scripture, so I'm shy to come and ask, but I'm learning. We're doing the right thing if that's the type of testimony we get. We need to walk alongside everybody, and especially those that are baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And we need to help to teach them everything that Jesus commanded us. So he was telling the disciples, you need to behave the way I told you to behave. And you need to help them behave. That's why during the covenant of membership, it's between the new members and the church. We're saying, we will walk with you. We will help you because we've been there and we're still there. We're still fallen. But we can lift each other up and we can share with one another and we will teach you everything that Jesus has commanded. It's a great time for the church to be transparent to be transparent with one another in leadership and congregation with one another. It's a great time to get small groups together and just share with one another. Have testimonies that's going on each week. Each week in your life, where was Jesus teaching you something this week? And sharing that with one another. Wow. God, thank you for calling us to do that. And then in the last part of verse 20, Jesus said, Surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. You know, as Jesus ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, he will again descend from heaven. He says, On that last day, the day of judgment, I will be with you. He will come again in the clouds of glory. Every eye will see and every ear will hear. His return will be no secret. Everybody will know. Both the believer and the unbeliever will see Jesus coming in his glory. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for these challenging words that Jesus ended with in the gospel of Matthew we thank you for calling us to be disciples and calling us to go therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them we call you to be with us here today as we baptize less and dawn father just help us to feel at least in our soul the opening of heaven and earth and feeling the presence of your holy spirit here today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for everything you've done for us. Thank you for calling us 
to be your church. In Jesus' name, amen.